0: Jane Kirby, who, any women at the women's event last night, excellent, I'm holding up my hand just as an example, I wasn't there, um, but uh, it by all accounts was fantastic and uh, a real blessing to everybody who's able to come and um, <coughs> And Jane runs a ministry called Rebel Hearts, Rebel Girls. Did I get right this time? And has written a book as well. So it's a real honor to have um, her speaking um, this morning to us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've had such a lovely time. Last night was amazing. I came in, and this place looks so different to it does now. It still looks gorgeous, but it just looked amazing. What a team of women you have. And mary i have to say you are an incredible woman thank you so much yeah it's a real privilege to be here and i i feel very welcomed and loved and all of those things so thank you well there really is something about mary isn't there in this passage and i'm also very thankful that this church is called saint mary and i've been surrounded by mary's this last two days i mean there really is something about mary in this place isn't there you know it's all about mary and mary has so much to to tell us about what it means to be a follower of jesus We will have all seen those TV talent shows, won't we, where people uh, apply. They want to, um, I mean, I I love The Voice. Does anyone like The Voice? I mean, I don't know about you, but I actually love the audition phase. When it gets to the rounds, I sort of lose interest, but I do love the audition. Are they gonna turn, they're not gonna turn. But these people are putting everything into their audition. They want to be the best, They want to be the greatest. They want to be known. They're interviewed before, you see the little interview, and they bring their family along or their friends or whoever supported them in their journey. And they quite often say, this is my time. This is my time. This is what I've always wanted. This is what I've always wanted to do. I want to take it as far as I can go. I want to be the greatest singer. I want to tour, you know, around the world. This is what I want to be. They've come from obscurity, a lot of them, haven't they? Just doing ordinary jobs, just ordinary people, working hard, Um, A lot of them, you know, trying to support their families, keeping going. Just normal, ordinary people who you would never have known or met. And Bob's your uncle, they've made it. They've made it. They've won the competition and their success is there. They are the greatest they've been chosen and, and, and sought for. And Mary, too, has come from obscurity, from a little town called Nazareth, as we know. We've all heard this story again and again, year after year. And we believe that she's quite young. And you can imagine her interview, can't you, when she makes the TV talent show. Hi, I'm Mary. I'm from uh, Nazareth in Galilee. And this is, oh yeah, this is my, this is my husband-to-be Joseph we' engaged to be married. I sing a bit, I help out at home. Maybe I'd help in the market. I like craft. Um, but she doesn't audition, does she? She doesn't audition. She doesn't choose what's coming up. She has absolutely no idea what's going to happen. She's going about her everyday life. And today's the day. Today's the day her whole world is going to be turned upside down. She is becoming the most famous woman in history. There are paintings painted of her. There are songs written about her. There are churches named after her. There are Marys named after her. It wouldn't really matter, I mean, apart from some, you know, small areas around the world. But most people would have heard about Mary. She is glorified, lifted up, worshipped even. But she didn't choose any of it. She didn't want to be this person. But there is something about her. And I, as I was preparing for this talk, I was putting my shoes, oh, putting myself into Mary's shoes or sandals. She probably wore sandals, didn't she? She was from Nazareth in Galilee. I'm not sure they wore boots or shoes or trainers or whatever. But I was thinking, what? How would I have responded? Like going about my normal day, and this angel comes to me, and I'm like, whoa! I am freaking out! They all say, don't they, fear not. Has anyone ever wanted to see an angel? I've sometimes said, oh, Lord, I want to see an angel. Actually, no, I I don't think I do, because we know when they arrive, they are pretty scary. And I actually looked on Google, what do angels look like, and they look pretty scary. And the angel says, you know, you're highly favoured. And I'm like, whoa, 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 why am I highly favoured? I mean, my mind would be on overdrive at this narrative. I'd be pacing up and down. You've got to be joking me. You've got to be kidding me. Sorry. You know, one, I'm just really young. I'm a virgin, like. Did you not know that how is this going to happen how's that all going to work out oh hold on hold on hold on wait a minute i'm engaged how am i going to tell my fiance that i'm pregnant i love that line in the film notting hill in the bookshop i don't know if you've seen that film where julia roberts is this uh, the major celebrity and she's trying to persuade Hugh Grant to be her boyfriend or whatever, get married, I can't remember actually what what happens in their relationship. And he is reluctant because she is so famous. And he's thinking, you know, if I get discarded her name is going to be everywhere. And you know, I imagine Mary saying this line, we know she doesn't say this line because God does it a different way but I'm just a girl who loves a boy I'm just a girl who loves a boy I'm engaged to be married and I'm you know for me I'd be thinking oh hold on a minute the dress I've said yes to the dress I've said yes to the dress and now it's not gonna fit me (laughs) I I had nightmares about my wedding day where I was walking down the aisle and my dress was tucked in the back of my knickers or my husband arrived on skateboard you know this is what was going through my mind before I got married this is what you know you've got to be kidding me and I'd be like Gabriel sorry mate I need a bit more time I need a bit more time just to get my head round this and actually not only that hold on a minute God wants me to have his son The son of god that's what i'm going to have but he sent a messenger he hasn't come in person he hasn't come to tell me you know this is how i would react what about you how would you react how would you react to this sort of crazy crazy news that has absolutely blown your world to pieces (laughs) everything that you hoped and dreamed of has suddenly come to a Big fat halting stop. But there is something about Mary that is not contrary. There is everything about Mary that is contrary to what the world holds great, to what the world defines as success. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Mary is the personification of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And Jesus is the ultimate servant. Mary is not extra like the TV talent show people. She is extraordinary. She is stop the clock. This young girl who is unknown, who has not experienced any of life, is chosen to be the mother of Jesus. Jesus tells us what it is in um, the Gospels of what it actually means to be a servant just before the uh in the place in the gospels where the disciples are arguing you know who is the greatest just like we normal people you know who is the best i think i'm a bit better at them than uh, that than they are i'm a bit better at that i'm i'm better at that you know they're having that sort of you know actually jesus who's the greatest they're having this argument aren't they And just after, Jesus says, anyone who wants to be the first must be the very last and the servant of all. Jesus redefines greatness to become the servant of all, which is what he did on the cross. He served us with his life. He gave up everything to serve us. He taught us everything about what it means to be a follower to be a leader to be a believer John Mark Comer in his book Garden City says that servants exist to make others lives better they exist to make others lives better most of us live the other way round they exist to make others lives better most of us live the other way round how do we live in our lives do we exist to make other li- others lives better or do we live the other way round he says but to jesus the word great is synonymous with the word servant And the meaning of the word servant there is diaconus, apparently, and it means waiting on tables. Waiters exist to make others' lives better. Do I exist to make other people's lives better? In my home life, do I exist? Do I serve my family? Do I serve my husband? Do I serve my friends? Do I serve my neighbors? Do we serve others? Do we serve in this church? And just hearing this morning about this cafe that you're going to do, oh my goodness, this is just the best news. I actually had tears welling in my eyes when I thought about the opportunity you have, I feel, sorry, to serve. (laughs) I mean, this is the gospel right here, isn't it? I mean, if I lived here, I'd be here. If I lived here, I would be here, actually, wouldn't I? I would be here. <laughs> you know, it is incredible the opportunity you have to serve the people who are lonely. I saw a girl the other day post on Instagram about how, when you are uh, going through a hard time, actually what you want to do is withdraw. But the worst thing you can do is withdraw. When you're anxious or worried or fearful, the best thing you can do is be with people. So to open your doors and to have a space where people come with—I don't have a buggy; my children are too old for buggies now—but with their buggies and have this amazing—I mean, this is incredible, isn't it? This soft play. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, your your parish must be over the moon about this. This is blooming good news so how can we be like Mary and how can we be more like Jesus because Jesus is all about Jesus isn't it and Mary gives us Jesus without Mary if she had not said all that she said if she had been me we wouldn't have had Jesus you know if she hadn't said I am the Lord's servant may your word in me be fulfilled we wouldn't have had Jesus. But we get the opportunity to be Jesus, to be Mary, or whoever. Sorry, I hope that's not sacrilegious to say be Mary, whatever. Um, We have the opportunity, don't we, to be like Mary, but to be more like Jesus there are uh, I've read uh, a little bit about a guy called Johnny Max John Maxwell who's a business guru and his books are all about how to be a servant leader serving your teams in business advancing others lifting them up encouraging them that's amazing I, I used to have a before I did what I'm doing now I used to have a PR company And I did not exist to serve others. I existed to serve myself. (laughs) If I'm honest, I wanted to make money. I wanted success. And God brought me to a grinding halt. And that's when I started suffering from anxiety. And he had to do a deep work in me to bring me to the place I am today. You know, he's still working on me. I'm not perfect. I know I seem it, but I'm not. Um, Yeah, so how do we exist when we go out of here today what can we do to serve others what can we do to put others first before ourselves sometimes we can feel like we've got to change everything you know we've got to make full-scale change but actually that's quite often not how God works he takes layers upon layers of us doesn't he and he you know it's incremental change change doesn't happen overnight it's a journey it's a gradual process but it's what is going on in our hearts that's important that will then outwork into our actions so my prayer for all of us is in this season but as we go into the new year how can we exist to serve others? How can we be more like Jesus? How can we be his hands and feet? You know, uh, uh, we talk a lot about calling, but actually our calling is to serve. Amen.